Hello and welcome to the Presenting Complaint Podcast with me, Adam Norton, and me, Dr. G. Ah, we're recording again. It just I mean we recorded <laughs> just for context everyone, we recorded this last time on was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh Tuesday. Tuesday and then the this podcast for the for, for last week only went up today, so it was severely delayed, so apologies to everyone and now we're recording again. So who knows what we're going to talk about this time because it's only been a little bit of time since uh, since we last spoke. Yeah, I've had quite a, I'd say like, lecture-heavy week. Really? I really felt like I was talked at this whole week. Yeah, I had a mm-hmm. study day on Thursday and then, well, well, yesterday, I so it's Friday today, yesterday was a madness. It was like a study day all day, which mm-hmm. was on trauma. But it was nice. really good because I was kind of like, oh, great, I'm going to go there and just going to learn the IADT guidelines, which yeah. are great, but I don't want to learn them again. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was actually a, uh, a specialist endodontist um, who'd recently became a consultant, and he's from Donegal, which is not, which is oh, in Ireland, so I'm yes, happy. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so... But it was great because instead of just... He just showed us loads of cases, and the case is all about sort of re... Um, what's the word, sorry? Uh, repositioning. Okay. And whether or not you do endo so on like them. Luxations. It was much more sort of... The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Lux, luxations, intrusions, evolutions, all of it. But much more practical. Right. The guidelines are absolutely fantastic and they're really yes. good at sort of giving you structure. But this brought the sort of reality and common sense into it, which, which was really, really good. And even, you know, it, it was quite a, an inspiring lecture to listen to because he showed his mistakes and reflections as Amazing. well and yeah. areas he got caught out. So it was really engaging. It was great. We even then managed to sort of use some models to practice repositioning and splinting oh, which was sick. good because i i did ask i i, I yeah yeah because i asked i said what does it actually feel like whenever you put it back in the right place does it stop and he said actually yeah it kind of feels like you're moving the tooth through wax mm-hmm. and then and then you can't move it anymore so that was really good and that's and that's the teeth were in wax so that's how kind of what is simulated um and it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but like I said, yes, it was heavy because then... Just to put in there, uh, do, you, do we, you see a lot of trauma yeah. in, in DCT or like emergency or is, is it not your, your on the oral surgery or is that not something you still see that much of? Because I know as, as students, we, you know, you bet yeah. you, you don't see any basically. Yeah, it's even Bristol was the same. Whenever we were in Bristol, I think there was one case and I was so excited. But because it seemed to be quite rare, actually... The DCTs took over when mm-hmm. I when I was a student, so I yeah. kind of I was kind of gutted, didn't really get to do much. I'd say in hospital it's probably like in the emergency department about two to three times a month because yeah. I think the reason is is that if it's a proper trauma, then they'd probably be in A and E first, get stabilized, and then Maxvax might go and intervene rather than us, us dentists seeing them first. So sure. so no was the honest answer. In, in practice, I did get a few because I had a lot of um, kids in my books. So I saw, even still, maybe not like that much. Yeah. So quite, quite rare, to be honest with you, but I know recently it was quite a good... A well-timed study day because recently one of the DCTs did see quite a quite a bad trauma with alveolar fracture, all that you know, the whole shebang. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and this guy, this specialist, um, he works actually in. Uh, I don't know the exact sort of phrasing on it, but it's almost like a trauma specialist center. So specifically, oh, the trauma in most trauma. of. Um, I think he works in North Wales. No, he'd be South Wales. Goes to that centre. So that was quite interesting. I, like again, another little niche in dentistry you don't know existed. Uh-huh. So that was really cool. Like tons of cases he showed us. It was really really good. Um, yeah. So it looked fun. I really did, to be honest with you. And then um, actually, and then he works. This is the thing. Then again, another niche. He works then privately the, uh, in practice as most uh-huh. do. Um, the rest of the week, but it's again a special. Like he's, he's got almost contracts with sports teams to to help them with their oh, trauma. So their really trauma. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, really it's cool. One of, it's and, one of them ones where I mean, I know I had my first trauma in as a qualified dentist in practice. It was about two or three weeks in, and I just seen it like as a flash oh, up as wow. an emergency. 
and I just shit yeah. myself basically. I was like, oh my god, what are we doing? Yeah. Scrambling, scrambling through the IAD, uh, IADT guidelines. What the hell were we like? And I mean, in the end, I was quite yeah. lucky. It was it was primary teeth uh, only and. What can you really do with primary nice. teeth? You don't, you don't really do yeah. anything. And I, but I was like basing it on the guidelines. Oh, we need to refer to a, um, a specialist child team <laughs> yeah. and blah blah blah. And I was like, and then uh, they were just like, they got, I got obviously got um, my ES in for a second opinion, and he was like, yeah, they'll make the way out by themselves, and the child's not in any pain, and you know, yeah, blah blah. blah. But um, absolutely, yeah. yeah well, this was this was the thing. We kind of asked, like, what would you do in practice a lot? So that was really good. And I think the take-home message was absolutely IEDT. It's, it's fantastic resources. It's good evidence for first-time trauma. But it was interesting to talk about now how people are keeping their teeth for much longer. People are living much longer. So actually, we've got a lot of these cases where there's repeated trauma. And that's a whole different ballpark. And... Um, that was interesting and it's sort of like what's the worst you can do was the take-home mm-hmm. message you know Fair. make sure they're all safe you know got their tetanus no concussions then once you're happy get them numbed up and see where you can put the teeth there's not much you know you can't make it worse and then mm-hmm. another interesting take-home message was don't which i think fits in with a lot and i think we're going to talk about this later adam in, in sort of the terms of examinations and history and diagnosis but it was all about sort of don't use one measurement as your basis for a diagnosis so for example i thought color change is such a clear indication of that that, yeah. that that's ruined yep. that's it you know necrosis but he said actually no like it can still be vital you have to put it alongside with is the presence of a sinus is a ttp is there a periapical radiolucency so that was really interesting because you can think logically and it's actually quite nice to sort of again I think as you go through dentistry, you find people who are the same wavelength as you in terms of dental management. And he seemed quite like me in that I just love to give everything a chance. Like, even if it's like caries, like really mm-hmm. bad into pop or trauma and things like that. But like the symptoms don't seem there. Like I remember there was this canine and literally it was, it was caries into the chamber but yeah. it was so firm once I did it. I got my Kerry's indi- indicator and things. And I literally saw like the oval uh, canal, but like affected dentine. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, well, is that systematic? Let's just seal over and see what happens. I didn't sure. get to follow it up. But um, so I'm, that's kind of how I work. So um, which makes me feel, you know, I, I'm very careful not to make it into supervised neglect. I explain everything mm-hmm. into my patients and that this is the best case scenario the odds are not in your favor so if you want something to just be sure that pain's not going to come back yeah. etc yeah. you know so th- I, I have to be very careful with how i manage it so that it doesn't um it's not just me just letting someone suffer you know but mm-hmm. so anyway so that was good and then straight after the uh trauma study day which was long went to came back which was about an hour drive because I, I i the study our study days are in merthyr which is about an hour from cardiff and then uh-huh. came back to cardiff uh didn't even get a chance to get home went straight to the hospital because there was there was the uh, no i'm gonna butcher it but basically the british um association of prosthodontics yeah came to the one. hospital to Jerry's, give a talk Jerry's story Oh yeah, yeah, Jerry's a keen yeah. bean. Yeah, it was great, <laughs> and um, and it was great. Yeah, I went there. It was two hours, so free Gosh, pizza, which was long, lovely, and long it was really, yes. Yeah, so, well, I even yeah. Well, actually, that that yeah. Then I had a, a lesson and stuff to go to afterwards, but um, that was really fun because I'm again. I think people are quite surprised when people say this, but most of the people from de- from Bristol really enjoy dentures, and it's because we just sure. got taught it really well by Mike yes. Gregory. And a lot of the other stuff, but Mike Gregory is definitely the catalyst, and um, and that's what it all was about. It was all about removable prosthodontics, uh, or prosthetics, I should say. Sorry, and the it was like three separate lectures. They were all great, but the first one was so cool because it was talking about the history of dentures, the materials they use, and how they're uh-huh. coming back now as we work, and then three D printing. But it kind of actually dived into three D printing really well. So much so that I'm like on YouTube videos now, like how to 3D print. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's really, really cool. So very inspiring so as well. So I had a lovely day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, DCT training, or was that just something that you did like as an addition, or were they trying the, to say like you should go the to the study this? day on 
Yeah, the study day was on trauma, but but this wasn't. And and you know what, Cardiff is actually really good because there's a lot of keen consultants and and staff grades there, and especially when it comes to restorative prosthetics, because they've which I didn't realize when I applied, and I'm so grateful for. They've got a very very up to date and cutting edge lab where they're doing mm. all this 3D printing, this intro scanning. They're actually one of the pioneers of it to to bring it into dentistry. And actually, recently, which is really exciting. Oh, actually, I don't think I can say it. I know I can't say it, but that new oh, yeah. contract's been signed. Basically, that would hopefully bring their work to outside of the dental field and and help have help the medical field. Wow, very cool. So it's really and I exciting. Imagine, I imagine. I'll tell you about it afterwards. As a DCT, you're not. I, I can't imagine you're doing much removable pros or the impressions or anything. Or am I wrong? Well, no, no, you will. But I'm currently in my six months of oral surgery med, so me personally, no. But when I no. come to my restorative, I'm hoping to. Yes. It makes me wish that I had a year of restorative, but I still get a glimpse of it. So that would be really nice. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. So all the so I, like I said. I, I have been very much talked that this this week. Today was a really nice day. I was really just running all over the place in oral serves, just taking teeth out and trying to keep on schedule because of staff shortages. But it was really fun and things went my way. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting with the with the denture um, stuff and the 3D printing because I know my ES was telling me he's done some intro scans and made some not complete dentures but partial dentures from scanning rather than impressions and he said they've come out pretty well which obviously at dental school we never really get exposure to and i think you know there's like yeah uh, just on instagram i see like sprint ray or something i don't know it's called sprint three i don't know something like that and like they're you know 3d printing the crowns and 3d printing basically everything and i think obviously yeah. that technology it, it sounds like i feel like it, it you know it's been around for ages i seem to remember in like design and technology at high school they were talking about like 3D printing and they had a they had a 3D printer at my school which I don't know how they afforded because it was a horrible school but um, like and I I felt felt like I felt like it was going to (laughs) come and like just take over the take over the universe and everything we'd have would be 3D printed but yeah um, yeah I guess it's not quite happened yet but it, it will happen soon I imagine yeah it's actually it's really really interesting how how long technology is there but at the same time how fast it progresses because you're absolutely right. Whenever I was doing tech and design as well, which I loved, I, you had the CAD CAM machine and then this like sort of 3D printer, whatever version it was. And it can sound very sci-fi, but at the end of the day, because whenever it first was coming out, people were sort of hyping it up as it's going to, it's the whole next yeah. thing. You could print food and all that stuff, which, which <laughs> theoretically you could, but it's just, that's just not really the practicality of it. It can do so much more and the, in the medical field is massive. And um, another one of the things that we were talking about, I literally was thinking about, and don't want to forget about it because it's really cool, mm-hmm. was, so obviously you've got the 3D printing side of things for prosthesis. And, oh, what was this other thing? It was really, really cool. Oh, um, sort of talks about that we're not there yet, but AI could actually eventually be planning our dentures for us. Really? So what's the best? And that, and that makes such easy sense in my head because... Uh-huh. And I don't think it will take very long at all. And I don't know. And I don't know if I want to be fully reliant on AI because you know I'm a bit resistive like that. But at the same time, it'd be fantastic because if you think about sort of things, something like as simple as indirect retention, I think that would be so easy to stick on a software where you basically mm-hmm. say, well, I want a clasp here, I want a clasp there, yeah. and I want teeth here. Where's uh-huh. my Where's my biggest risk for movement? And then sure. the computer will say, well, it's here, and like, okay, well, I'll put a rest seat there. You know, so so it's it's actually so exciting where yeah. dentistry is going to go so quickly and. With all that excitement, also comes skepticism from me as well. At the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, like, I was I'm literally thinking in my head, like, could I like attach some sort of jig to a tooth and it does the corn pep for me? I'd be like, that would be so sick. But at the same time, it's my, God, yeah. it's my job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Definitely, and I yeah. guess the, the, for the technicians as well, it's. Uh... It's it's a it's a big kind of consideration. They're the most advanced from it, which is so funny, because we we usually almost 
I'm not afraid to say it. I think it's quite easy to say. And it is actually a national problem at the moment that the technicians that we have are seen as dinosaurs. They're seen as quite of of the older lot. And and actually, at the moment, that kind of is true because there's such a backlog of training and there's there's not enough people going in to um, uh, be dental technicians that it actually is a problem at the moment. They're having to work for so long. I know in in my area, but they're the most tech savvy out of it. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred, and it's it's a big issue, uh, in up in the northeast where I yeah. am. Like we have, I think we have big two time. labs that we mainly use at the place, and it, it's two guys and the, the practice is like a one man band, and he he's an amazing technician, but he does everything by himself, and um, he's yeah, he's just getting overrun. Yeah. So Mad. yeah, there's uh, there's solutions, and then I guess there's there's uh, there's there's uh, problems as well. Yeah, but I think, like, without even hesitating, it's it's absolutely a positive. It's a massive positive with where things are going. And I kind of just want to... It, it just validated me to waste more money on, on some random hobby, and I think I'm going to try and get into 3D printing. 3D printing. Yeah, I guess it, it gives... It kind of gives... You know, when a computer does something, you have absolute um, accuracy and specificity and objectivity that, like... You just can't yeah. get, and I guess if you know for dentures, it could measure the undercoat. It could, you know, they're just just gonna yeah. get, um, far surpass really anything that uh, you know a human human could do. Yeah, is it? Oh, no, no, the biggest the biggest sort of disadvantage is is functional impressions. Uh, at the moment, a scanner will never be able to do a functional mm-hmm. impression. Won't be able to compress tissue. But that doesn't mean it can't be used in adjunct. It doesn't actually one of a one of a really 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 big common use of scanning and 3d printing of dentures at the moment is in hospitals and something that i didn't realize until i became a dct was actually the amount of uh, elderly patients who have dentures and are admitted into hospital they get lost like i uh-huh. actually think there's just a vat of 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 unknown dentures in, in the, the hospitals hospital. whereas if they get admitted and we scan them then we have the file on system so that if it gets lost, then we can just print it for it. Because unfortunately, there has been a lot of um, very, very serious complaints because you got to remember, dentures aren't just about aesthetics. They're actually oh, about function. So if course. you come to hospital and we lose your denture, that's massive. You, we might as well have taken your leg off. It, it, it can be a very big legal case. Mm-hmm. So so it's, it's, it's amazing how important it is and how much is actually being used already. Interesting, 100%. Um... And I guess from my side, I'll start kind of talking about my week. I'm going to take us very back down from all this exciting stuff, kind of straight back down to earth. Because I think it's, I mean, I've found it as well. And you see it on Instagram and it's so easy to get lost in all these like uh, exciting um, adjuncts. And I've just bought my composite heater and I've, I've been heating up my LA and, um, you know, heating up my, my mirrors for taking photos and all these things, which which are amazing and, you know, but it's also really important, I think, as I've realised as time has gone on. And I think it's just, I think for me, if I'm not confident, I've realised if I'm not confident with something, sometimes it's just like you've never done it before. Sometimes it's 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 a difficult thing, but sometimes it's just there's not a, a knowledge. And I think for me, I know that if I have the knowledge, it's going to give me the confidence. And sometimes I know when I've been... Or say like, oh, I find it stressful. So say, and I think, you know, for most people it's the same way. Like say I'm removing caries, um, doing a filling or whatever. I find the process of caries removal quite stressful because I don't have absolute confidence that I've removed all of the um, infected dentine, that I'm leaving affected dentine, that I'm not going to expose that, you know, my even still probably that my ADJ is clear. Um and also then with my mm-hmm. exams that, you know, oh, so it's got a shadow, but is it, you know, it's not cavitated and it's got like, a, is that a white spot yeah, lesion or is it just, yeah, and on the radiographs, exactly. So I thought, what, you know, what what can you do in this situation is just to, to get more knowledge. So, and I've got to give a shout out to one of mm-hmm. my colleagues as well, because on study days, um, as well yeah. as listening <laughs> as on study days, as well as listening to the speaker, obviously, he is I see him a lot he's planning his cases like so he'll have like a, a, a guy who's you know and he's a denture and he's looking for literature about how he can treat that patient the best and how you know how he's going to design a denture or do a fixed movable bridge or whatever and that kind of realizes you know we learn obviously a lot from Instagram we learn a lot from 
uh, whatever just you know yes but there's also so much literature out there and also i'm not you know i'm not um saying it's right but like there's so many of these books i mean i was just saying to seen it before we started recording there was a book which is a hundred pound about carries carries identification and kind of carries management which i just kind of downloaded the pdf of and there's so much knowledge out there so what i've done this week is just try to get more confident with <clears throat> identifying carries on my exams um and building up a bit of a structure and understanding you know that, that you need to look at a tooth when it's clean and a lot of the, if you actually read a lot of the um like the ICDAS or the american guidelines they say you need they'd recommend that you, you ask the patient to brush their teeth with a toothbrush before looking and examining the tooth because you you know if they've got a layer of plaque and they've got food everywhere then you know you, you can't you can't see the the caries and you're going to miss these little things and then it says you should look at the tooth when it's wet you need to dry it for at least five seconds and then <laughs> there's all these things as well there's some nice little um tables that um help you consider whether a lesion's active or inactive you know is it in a plaque bearing area is it overlied by plaque what color is it does it feel rough or smooth and it's all these little things which you know but like even just the obvious thing of like a lesion is more like to, likely to be active if when you see it, there's plaque overlying it because the patient's not been cleaning it. Because if there's no mm. plaque on the surface, how's the caries? Because you need plaque for caries. And just these these little things where they're yeah. kind of like aha moments and it just makes you think, and it's like, you should first pay attention to, especially if you're on a, like on a, on a clues or surface, the area just next to the fissure area because that's where your caries is most likely to start. So it, it just refines, I feel mm. like it refines these basic skills which are going to make your you know your diagnosis better you're going to identify carriers and you're going to be able to you know under i feel like you know also just when and it's you know it's again i knew you don't need if the caries is just in enamel you don't need to treat it um restoratively but oh, if it's in the outer third of dentine and it's not cavitated can you treat it um can you treat it do you need to go in and do a filling or can you do prevention and all these um this book I read just kind of it just reaffirms you that you know what you're doing is right and that you know you don't have to and it basically says if you're unsure if it's reached the dentine then non um or is in the even if it's in the outer third non um surgical or non-restorative or non-invasive techniques are are you know are indicated and are better than obviously drill and fill so yeah just these little things I felt like absolutely uh, they just take the stress out of it because you know you're um, you know, doing your best, and you, you've got kind of things, and all these little questions that I was asking myself while I'm doing is like, oh, is that caries? Is it not? Is it, you know, have, have I over dried the mm-hmm, tooth? Mm-hmm. Is it not dry enough? Um, it just, mm-hmm. I think, it makes it less stressful. So that's that's kind of what I've been realizing over yeah. this last week. But that's massive because the thing I struggled most with very quickly was diagnosing caries, and it's mm-hmm. literally the bread and butter of dentistry, and. It, and especially whenever you're in a room and it's your call, so you can get your yes's opinion, which I did many times. Mm-hmm. It, it the the stakes feel like a lot more. So I absolutely struggled with that. And two things that helped me a lot was because, funny enough, I didn't it, unless I missed the lecture, I didn't mean hear about supervised neglect. I didn't know that was a thing, and it's sure. sort of. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's basically uh, the example I can give is knowing someone has perio, but saying, you know, that it'll be fine. We'll, we'll treat it next time mm-hmm. or it's not bothering you. It's fine. But, you know, as a clinician, that is going to get worse unless you intervene. So that scared me a lot because I was kind of like, oh, does that mean I shouldn't be too preventative? But no, yeah. it's sort of. You, if you include the patient in the conversation, so for your example, which happened many times to me, Adam, where they've got great OH or maybe fair OH, and I see in the tooth, like maybe there's something there, maybe a bit of staining, but I'm not convinced. And I see in the radiograph, like, is that into dentine? Is it mm-hmm. not? Is it caries? Is it not? Then what I would do, which I got validated by my ES afterwards, is that I'd, I'd show them the radiograph, I'd, I'd point at it, I said, look, this here. I'm not 100% sure. This is what makes me think that it is decay. And this is what it makes me think that it isn't. Yeah. 
it's up to you for me to find out for sure i gotta go drilling in but as soon mm-hmm. as i drill into a tooth that tooth will always need to be replaced yeah. Yeah. it's that cycle the restorative cycle i explained that to patients that once there's a filling there it's not going to be as good as tooth eventually will need replaced yeah. or the alternative i'm going to prescribe you very high fluoride toothpaste yeah. we're going to drop your exam from six months to three months and we're going to check and in yeah. within that time if I need to take another x-ray, I might, but yeah. then we could know. Uh-huh. If I don't know then, then I might do another three months and then we'll check uh, yeah. and with and an the, x-ray because I have that, to take one every six months. The justifies that in the literature is that, you know, in the modern day, carious lesions are progressing slower and slower because we have fluorides mm-hmm. and because, we, I mean, obviously once they reach the dentine, they progress a little bit quicker and it spreads along the ADJ, but they're spreading slower than, you know, from the... They, um, yeah, spreading whatever, getting bigger, slower than ever before. So the the thing that it, mm-hmm. again it says in the literature is, you know, monitor it. Wait three months. Wait six months. Having, um, you know, as long as the standardised X rays, having X rays that can show the progress over time is is invaluable. And you know, the, then you're not going in on a on a whim and just when it was only enamel caries and like you say, exactly. having that tooth into a lifelong cycle of. Um, you know repair which is going to be increasingly expensive and increasingly destructive so yeah just mm-hmm. just these little things mm-hmm. for me and and another part was and i was saying to you again just before we started recording it was about <clears> when <throat> doing um histories that uh, especially like dental history like you know do you brush your teeth how often blah blah, blah manual toothbrush electric toothbrush um do you use mouthwash do you use spit or rinse but you know all these things um i felt like the for me anyway, become a little bit of a formality and I wasn't connecting with the patient and like really like taking that time to learn about the patient and like, you know, ask them the questions. So say they'd said, oh, like I'm only flossing once a week. I just be like, oh, okay, well that's, you know, not, you know, not bad, but you know, if we could increase that, blah, blah, blah. But you know, you're better to kind of say, oh, so like what at the minute is, you know, um, making you only be able to floss once a week what do you think or you know have you thought about being able to floss more when do you floss um could we build it into sort of part of your routine and really connecting with the patients on on these little things yeah um, i think it one it helps build rapport but also i think i think ed- mm-hmm. education and prevention is it's not obviously you don't see it on instagram you don't like it's not exciting it's like um you know you're not like doing like, crown preps yeah. and you know blah blah blah. it's it's not like jazzy or anything and i think for me anyway maybe not for everyone else but i think probably a little bit overlooked and um something i really want to hammer down on and you know i think that you know you, you the best thing again and again it's from reading these the literature on carries obviously the best thing is mm-hmm. you know prevention high fluoride toothpaste get them brushing get them removing um removing care removing plaque because even uh, from again from the books it's like not all cavitated lesions need fillings the only real reason that a cavitated mm-hmm. lesion will need a filling is because they can't clean into the base of the lesion so there's plaque at the base of the lesion and that's causing the to mm-hmm. be the caries to spread if they could clean the lesion fully and they were doing it well mm-hmm. then you'd, the caries would mm-hmm. stop and you'd have arrested caries and you'd have hard denting so it's it's these little things you know or big things which i think uh i think i'm realizing the value of and really trying to put more more effort into yeah and i was and you're that's it's so massive because of what you're doing in essence is tailoring the experience to an individual patient which is exactly what we're meant to do unfortunately Mm -hmm. as soon as you get out into the world in the uk world that is i can't speak for other places unfortunately we do absolutely without doubt have a treat rather than prevent culture because we're just playing catch up the whole time yeah but we can we can change that you have the power to change that within your own practice Mm -hmm. and just tailoring that because you have to listen to be able to tailor and Again, like I always say, and, and, and I do always toot my own horn and, and maybe it'll come to bite my ass soon, but my strong point is listening to people and by tailoring advice to them and say, well, look, so, so, so you drink your coffee here. This is what you should do then if you do that, blah, blah, blah. Just by yeah. acknowledging that you listened about that, it's in all the, all the lovely courses you're going to pay for to realize how to sell to people that is in it that is one of the key messages is in it to repeat what they told you so that you show that you've listened 
and not just regurgitated but actually implemented in the plan uh-huh. then that person that patient's gonna feel heard they're gonna feel listened to yeah. and then they're gonna buy into whatever else you tell them because because you've already showed them that you're thinking about them what's best suited to them sure. and anytime and that that is so key especially when it comes to those really tricky moments when you, you get a patient here who's got a little bit of pain and it's, it's a classic x-ray clinical examination where it could be something it could not be something we either going end over going filling if you know that person if you get to learn what kind of person they are and what's important to them is it are they for example um in a job or in the army where they've got to go for very long periods of time in countries that they're not very familiar with and pain mm-hmm. is absolutely not an option mm-hmm. well then your treatment plan is going to be absolutely completely different yep. compared to someone else that's actually wants to avoid the drill as much as possible. It's just, it, it makes your life so much easier and it makes you so much more popular with your dentist, uh, with your patients, sorry. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to eventually take things privately, well, that's where it's going to get you the money of because course, you don't have to be trying to force treatment on people's throats. You're trying to be there to facilitate their, their dental lives. Yeah, definitely. And I think the sad thing about it is it, it's just having the time and, um, you know, most if you if, if you're working, you know, uh, on the on the NHS or and in my practice, that I know that my colleagues they get you know ten minutes for an exam, fifty I mean, maximum fifteen minutes maybe sometimes, and in that ten mm-hmm. minutes, I can't imagine how difficult it is. You know, I've had it's been really nice the last few days as well, especially as I've been putting more effort into this. I've had a few patients go to reception and just say, "Oh, like I had a really good time with Adam. Can you know next time I booked in, can I see him again?" And you know, it's it's. But it's really, and, and you know, the receptionist said to me, or oh, that patient said, oh, she wants to, to go. But I, I know it's all it is is because I had time to talk to them and I had time to get to know them and build that Absolutely. rapport and understand them. And you know, my colleagues, you know, pretty much anyone can do it. You don't have to be a genius. But mm-hmm. if you're working in a system no. that doesn't allow it and you don't have the time, then you can, you know, you 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 can. You know, you're probably just going to stick to a script that you've got and you've learned and, you know, recite the DBOH guidelines to them rather than really getting to know them and, and building that relationship. And obviously the behavior change isn't, isn't going to happen from from just, you know, talking at them. It's, like you say, it's, it's listening and it's, it is them skills that, um, yeah. And so, I, you know, for the rest yeah. of my FD, I'm... I, you know, I really want to wanna yeah, hang on to that and build, build on that. I think it's, it's really important. Good. A second thing, so I was talking about sort of the avoidance of doubt, really, with with my treatment planning. From not sure uh-huh. about caries. A second thing that I think is invaluable that I tell everyone is actually coincidentally, mine got delivered, but caries uh. die. Um, it's it's absolutely invaluable, and and the one I'm using is Reveal, because um, mm-hmm. it's dirt cheap on eBay. But there's so many out there mm-hmm. that you can get. Ask your ES if they get it for you because. <laughs> what better to sort of when you're looking at a tooth is like oh is that carries I'll just drop a bit of dye in it then you'll know and eventually you'll just train your brain to really be able to isolate between what's carries what's a, what's a, what's infected what's affected dentine mm-hmm. and it's just massive and especially yeah. as I was I was talking with you Adam and, and in the case in the cases that I got to review towards the end of my FD practice was in those cases where you're doing um, in an in, indirect in cap, where you're trying to avoid the need for an endodontics, the need for pulp exposure, you got to make sure you've cleared those periphery, periphery spotless. And what a what a good way to 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 check that with 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 a dye. And the people there there are people who are many many years ahead of us who are doing absolutely amazing work who will use this as a part of all their protocols mm-hmm. when it comes to caries removal 100%. so why shouldn't you when it's when it's quite dirt cheap yeah yeah and, and that it was really interesting because mine i've just had mine delivered i was telling Cena <laughs> to the practice asked me yes to get it for me and he did which was very kind um but I, in the book I, I was just reading about caries and caries detection there was a whole chapter on on the literature behind caries dye and if it's you know, efficacy, the efficacy of it and if it's useful. And it wasn't very well, not a lot of the, it, was, it wasn't, they didn't really support using it. They didn't think it, they thought tactile mm-hmm. and visual was enough. Um, they thought, you know, it can lead to yeah. removing too much decay and that you weren't mm-hmm. removing, um, they're basically saying no matter how you do caries removal, you're always going to leave bacteria behind. It's impossible to have a, um, 
cavity which is for your bacteria and that's all i was read that and they were just like there's no real benefits mm -hmm. to it like over just normal detection systems i was like oh, okay well this is weird because mm -hmm. basically all the dentists i respect on instagram are using it so and the, i know these people like you mm -hmm. know it's evidence-based science but they know what they're talking about but basically i think there, there's yeah. a, a difference between the goal that the this book was talking about of having like a bacteria-free cavity through using carrier's detective dye it's not going to give realistic. you that but it is the point yeah. of why that um the biomimetic <clears throat> dentists and these type of people use it is to get that clear <clears throat> peripheral seal zone so having that two to three millimeters of exactly free you know clean dentine and obviously then you've got your zone beyond that where you leave basically everything because you don't mm -hmm. want to expose the port but you can't know you've got rid of everything without using the um Keras detection dye and there was I saw an Instagram post because I was searching I was like Keras detection dye and it basically said yeah it's a bit of a it's a, it's not it's not yeah it's not to see I, I don't know it, it was basically I can't remember what he was saying but um yeah it it's yeah it's it's good basically <laughs> because in especially in that situation yeah, it's not you were there talking to replace about, it yeah because you need the clear dentine it's walls. it's another massive adjunct is what it is and if it's going to help me sleep at night because i know that, that periphery is absolutely clear from from all the means that i have uh -huh. to use then great and there's plenty of there's plenty of re uh, well i've actually i only know of one but really good evidence papers that shows you actually this whole selective caries removal is so good that maybe we'll be moving on to a time dentistry where we will do selective caries removal for the simplest of cavities and why why what is the need for removing decay right in the center of your cavity which can repair itself obviously you've got the you have to think of the disadvantages in terms of if you swap patients with another person and you have them well documented where it is and you can see a radiolucency in, in the radiograph and, and go in again but like we're saying if if it's going to help me ensure that i'm going to preserve the vitality of this tooth because i'll know my margins are as clear as yeah. possible i'm gonna use it so you're absolutely right there is absolutely a lot of a lot of and there's a lot of backlash by people that i feel are very specific with their words and just want an argument in sure. terms of that you can't get it bacteria freeze like you're absolutely right but it's gonna help me so yeah and it, it makes it and again it's again it's just reducing that stress and like am i doing am i doing the right thing am i not doing Big the right time. thing while you're working it makes Big it time. from something from something that's subjective and incredibly i mean the whole book basically talks about how difficult Fantastic. it is to understand and see caries and it, it just because it's soft doesn't mean it's care i mean it, it just probably if it's soft it is caries. Mm -hmm. just because it's hard doesn't mean it's it, you know mm -hmm. all these things and just because it's brown or it's black or it's yellow or whatever or it's stained Facts. Yeah, you know it's it's really yeah. really difficult, and either you know, um, yeah. so this just on that note, Adam, the amount of objective than uh, is it is it not because you just go, I'm going to remove the pink here, and any pink that's five millimeters from the cusp tip and three millimeters from the marginal ridge, I'm going to leave, and mm -hmm. then I can seal it. I've done my selective carriage removal, and I'm happy. And I think, like you say, it, it, it just it helps, you, you know, helps you sleep at night, and it reduces the stress while you're doing the procedure. Yeah, on that note, like, again, it's, it almost comes back to what we were talking about at the start, where you don't just use one... Was that, did I say that while we were recording, or was this before? I can't remember. Where you don't just take one one sort of measurement to then be like, yeah, that tooth is gone. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll say it again, just in case. Yeah, yeah. But, for example, of the truck... We did record it, didn't we? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example, staining. If, if there's staining in the fissures, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a clue to carries but it's not always going to be carries and something that i had in fd was that i had all these operates that were an absolute ball ache to get to to isolate to drill to numb and all this stuff and then the amount of times i went in i'm like oh that was stained so badly plaque everywhere yeah. and there's absolutely yeah. zero carries yeah. here yeah. So so eventually I I started explaining. I said, look, the X-ray is clear. As hard as it is to get back there, from what I can see, it's clear. It is stained. The amount of teeth that I've seen like this that's been stained, and I went in and and actually there wasn't much there is quite substantial. So maybe if you want to preserve this tooth, then we don't have to do much to it. Worst case scenario, this tooth might you know if, if it's decay and what the worst ever case scenario that the decay goes into the nerve you're not going to have a root canal on it it might have to come out 
you're not going to miss that tooth because it's yeah. non-functional you know yeah. i have yeah. these very honest discussions with people and it's crazy so but but that's again that's that's a testament to discussions and to to informed consent and to yeah. to, to drilling everything that looks a little bit like carries yeah 100 percent. and i've i've had very very similar issues in, in a few i've done where i was like oh this is obviously carries and then you get in there and there's you know yeah, very little if, if, if none but um, and again and then that that just something in that i, I think i was especially going into fda it's like oh like if i see care like carries it you know it, it almost like oh it needs to be filled we need to get filled in there but like from the the, the book i've just read again it's, it's carries it's is progressing at the slowest rate it ever has so if you even if it isn't a dentine mm-hmm. and you're not sure and you leave it six months for the Blitz recall. Blitz fluoride. <laughs> it, yeah, but you put all the prevention in place. Obviously, talk to them about it. And I had one yeah. exactly like that. Where I was like, oh, this could be into dentine. The patient was quite an anxious patient. Uh, let's just blitz it with fluoride. Yeah. It's not cavitated. And, you know, there's nothing. We, it was an upper left seven. She, would, she We couldn't get her. She, there was no indication for bite wings because she, she had no posterior contacts. Yeah. Um, we couldn't get a PA in there. For me, it's for me to say on the X-ray. So it's just like you know, it's not going to be any problems. And you know, I'll call you back in three months. We'll call you back in three months after that. But it's mm-hmm. it's just I, I feel like I can relax a bit more. That oh, okay, it carries into dentine, but it's it's probably not going to progress that quickly. So if I do this filling now, or I do it in three months, or I do it in six months, and I've, obviously, like you say, you've spoke to the patient about it. That you've kind of let them mm-hmm. in on the decision making process, and Absolutely. obviously they wanted you to to deal with it and the benefits mm-hmm. and risks and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just for me. I can be a bit like okay, hands off. And you know, most patients don't like fillings. They don't. They don't like coming to the dentist. So if you're saving yeah. them that that trip, obviously not. Oh, they love you. Yeah, but, they're like, yeah. oh, I understand. Yeah, cool. Fine. Fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I'm like, like, are you sure? Like, it might become a filling the next time I see you. Like, yeah see you next time yeah you know yeah, and that's exactly. what sort of made me feel like oh is that supervised neglect but no it's absolutely not i've completely made my decision it's not it's being a good dentist it's informing them it's involving them in the treatment for some reason i thought that not doing supervised neglect is is almost forcing the patient to do treatment that you think is the most preventative uh-huh. well, well the most prevent i'm doing my prevention it's, it's so prevention. if, if yeah, a patient yeah, turns yeah. around and says yeah, if a patient turns around and says, actually, no, I'd really like to, to fill that tooth, I'm like, fine, okay, let's get an appointment yeah. book, let's and do it. And you can do a Not a problem at all, um, because they know. Whatever called, preventative resin restoration. PRR. PRR, you know, yeah, you can just drill out the yeah. fissures and, and stick something in, and, you know, mm-hmm. even fissures, probably yeah. if it's not into dentine, you could, well, I don't know, people yeah. don't seem to like fissure sealants, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, fissure seal over it. Shut up and just you know it's probably your prevention. It's in delivering better oral, oral hygiene. It's got good recommendations for us, so why not? You know, if yeah. you can do them well, do them. Yeah. If you can't, yeah. then yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, God, we thought this was going to be a short episode. Well, we think that every time, you know, but yeah. we, we managed to talk about something, and yeah. um, it does feel was... whether we're repeating ourselves or not. <laughs> yeah, I think that was really interesting, though. Um, I I feel like if I listened to that, yeah, I I'd. I'd, um, I'd I'd take value from it if it wasn't something I was I was particularly thinking about because it's been a bit of a wake up. Yeah, for I me. think it's also something that, yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to in in their early careers. Um, I'm excited to see how this sort of podcast develops because I think once we get older, I'm going to be so much more cynical. I'm just going to start calling people <laughs> like, which I can't wait for. <laughs> yeah, no, that's when Adam's going to cut ties with me. <laughs> is, yeah. No, and I guess, yeah, just as, I mean, I, I imagine, I imagine even like in, in six months, if we go back maybe to the beginning, we'll just see kind of, maybe not cringe at some of the stuff we were saying, but just how naive and, and yeah. everything and 100%. Uh, things are. But that's kind of, that's the point of this is to, to people can see our journey and, and go along with us. And uh, mm-hmm. and for us, I mean, I we enjoy just talking it out and chatting to each other every week, which is really nice as well. So Yeah, it is nice. It's nice to catch up. I really hope there is a time in the future where if this is still going on, we can just do them in person. It'd yes. be really, really nice. I it think. would. It would be so especially much. because the, I'd like the quality of the filming and everything. I'd really oh, get into that. Oh, in the it'd be amazing. Yeah, and I think yeah, sometimes you get a little, <laughs> a little lag, don't you? I don't. I don't seem to get it as bad. Last week I had it. I know. That's what. Oh, we, we've never addressed that. Last week was no. bad, but mm. or 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 the episode we we just uploaded. But sure. I don't think we've ever addressed that. I I really do. It's 
for for people that don't well i'm sure people notice when we talk over each other it's a hundred percent because of like uh-huh. like whenever i say something then he says something and then I, we're kind of waiting <laughs> for each other then we both say it at the same time it's 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 so it, it's always because that and then sometimes we just have to both ferment we both just start talking over each other so <laughs> that it's all the like which is really frustrating but yeah. no one's kind of called me a penis yet about it so <laughs> No, 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 no. But it's, it's, yeah. And I think I'm lucky on my side. I don't have it as bad as you because I had it for the first time quite bad last week. Really? The, yeah, it's your internet. That's why. Yeah, my internet's trash. I'm so bad. Oh, last week was so bad. I'm yeah, in Darlington, so um, they only gave yeah. me. Yeah, they could only do me thirty, like, 30 megabytes per second, <laughs> and I don't think I get it. That this is. I would tell you for a fact, you are not on thirty. <laughs> <laughs> You're on five, five single digits. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't really, I, we're kind of, I think we're over the sort of shyness of doing it to each other, but it, I'd be mortified if I do it to guests because I really don't want them to, you know, feel, because yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of our guests come on, which, which makes sense. Yeah. They come on sort of, they say once we finish and, and we record like, oh, I like, I don't even know what happened. Like I was so nervous the whole time. I really uh-huh. didn't, it didn't show. It felt like a yeah. normal conversation. Yeah. So to add, I don't want to add to that by talking over to them, over you know? Them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, but I mean that's the value of doing um, podcasts in person. I know Stephen Bartlett uh, said he he that's why his all his guests he you know he flies them in or he gets them in or he goes to America and the ones he does in America he's because he, he just away. yeah <laughs> well after I'll let, yeah I don't know we'll have to meet, <laughs> meet in the middle or something every week but um, yeah he feels like he doesn't get the same vibe and these you know online podcasts um, mm-hmm. for him you know he's a you know multi millionaire it's 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 easy for him but. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, all the most successful ones have that. Joe Rogan's all in person. Yeah. Diary of a CEO's in person. Your fellow's in person. Have you seen the Mike Tyson ones? Uh, yeah, I, I've, he's, I've he's just seen... high off his face most of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I've seen clips, but it's, not, it's um, good. not the whole thing. It's really good. I, he does I, it with, I, don't he do it with Johnny, you... Johnny Knoxville? He's done one absolutely with Johnny Knoxville. He doesn't do it with him. Oh, I thought he did. From what I remember. No, no, no. Maybe, well, maybe unless there's another spinoff, but... I love it because I th- I definitely got into podcasts from people like Joe Rogan because seeing these people who I idolize or or heard so much over the news and then hear them be human is mm. so I'm so engaged like Mike Tyson's one of the biggest ones like I think he was on I think he was on like uh, yeah he was he was on uh, what's this uh, Logan Paul's Impulsive uh. who I hated at the time <laughs> but I saw that episode of Mike Tyson I was like well I'm always gonna watch Mike Tyson. And it was such a fantastic episode. And even though he like nearly died off of mushrooms during the episode, oh, just hearing him sort of open up about uh, that famous fight where he bit the, his opponent's ear off, and just he it was amazing because that he kept calling himself a Chad, like I'm Chad, like it was oh it was fantastic. I love diving into people's heads. 100%. So um, yeah, these long yeah. form, I like that. I like, and I think that is. Just- it's amazing because you just you yeah. see these. You think you you know someone like oh like whatever, uh, all the you know everyone Massive, basically on yeah. pod, like there's one with Gordon Ramsay. I've not actually watched it yet, but like you think you'll know him, and I'm sure oh, I've not. It. I want to see that. Um, he's, he's on. It's called the High Performance Podcast. It's actually really. It's, it's Jake. Do you know Jake something or other off the telly? Um, and he does his. Own I think podcast I've yes well. yes I've somebody last year uh, in FD recommend that, and I used to listen to it. On my drives and and I listened to I tell you who I who I I've only listened to one or two episodes but the one I listened to was the guy who wrote that book um who I, I subscribed to his email list now um subtle art not giving a fuck that's yes it. yeah Mark Manson I can't remember his name yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. it was his episode and that was fantastic as well it's a good it's a good podcast yeah that, definitely that's interesting just, like those yeah. long form conversations I think that's eventually the natural progression of ours whenever we've done a lot of our growing up in the dental field and, and talk more about sort of, I don't know, more about life outside it as well. Yeah, oh, 100%, 100%. I think, you know, um, as as for, well, as for now, we're, we're little babies, aren't we really? Like, we don't, have, we don't have much like, proper life outside of, uh, of, of it. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, think, oh, I don't you know, feel like I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah uh, especially it, in FD, I don't expect anybody to. I've Only this year, I've really try to force having a life and it's because in dct like most of the time i'm sitting around and i've got the energy afterwards <laughs> exposed exposed 
That is, there's no, that's not a secret at all. And DCT will be doing a lot of sitting around if you're not, if you're not, if you're not in Max Max, there's so many, like, it's, it's wild. Like, if the novelty, if you're going into DCT purely to, like, get a little bit of a break, you'll be sick of that break within the first month. Ah, uh, so, I mean, I, I have it now. I mean, it's I'm think I'm quite lucky in some ways, but like this today, I had forty minutes booked in for a one-year-old girl, and then another, and then it was, and then I had another patient, an exam, and then I had another forty minutes booked in, and it, it was a two-year-old, nine-month girl, and obviously, like, <laughs> I had that, yeah, you, you, but like you can, what can you? I like, know, I remember you, 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 you're done in like five minutes. On and my then, first so week, today, I, I had sat to... around like for. <laughs> For half an hour, I really need to go and tell reception. Like, if they're like under three, I need like ten minutes because like Bring it you can't do yeah. anything. You can't do anything, and it, it's nice. But then you also kind of can't. I remember my like, first week. Oh, I had this, that. Is, this is a bit boring now. Like, you know, I'd, I just, I'd rather just be seeing patients. I remember just looking at their gums. I'm like, are they breastfeeding well? Like, yeah, it's like cool. When they get their teeth for the first time. Brush him, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, really?" It's like, "Yeah." So you yeah. see them just brush him. <laughs> yeah. Any questions? Like, no. Is it okay? Bye. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I say honestly, I say that to my nurse every so time. I feel like the biggest like waste of their time. Like it's just like they get in the yeah. chair and you go E D C B A A B C D E. Oh yeah, and then you do the bottom ones, and it's like. Okay, yeah, then they're brushing well, sure. they're not they're but just drinking water and milk. In all and, fairness, um, there's yeah, a bye. lot of really high up evidence about bringing in your yeah. children as early yeah. as possible is yeah. massive. So bring them in because yes. I'm fine to sit there and just chat shit. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's, 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 quite, it's, 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 it's relaxing. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, big time. Especially when you get those cute babies. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is. It is. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Today was a nice day. Uh, well, lovely catching up, Adam. Yes, you too, mate. You too. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening, if you've made it this far. Uh, and, yeah, now we've got a week until the next episode, which I think we've not... Rec- I, t- I swear we've not recorded on a Monday for a few weeks. Or have we? We've not. We've... For for the last... We usually were meant to record on Fridays. For yeah. the last oh, few on a weeks, Friday. we've been Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because we recorded on a Monday a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's the it's issue. It's nice to... I, I, especially... Yeah. Because we're, we're such good friends as well it's nice mm-hmm. to feel the flexibility of it like you know yeah. i've never sort of been throwing my phone away when you said i can't record today yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and i think that that's it and especially that's the the bonus of not having guests is you know if we're busy on the friday we can we can do whatever obviously when there's guests it, we, we, we 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 try and stick to it but um yeah it's nice yeah it's nice keeping time. it keeping it for exactly. you know um when we're busy, when we're not busy, if we have 20 minutes, if we have an hour, if we have an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We keep saying that, but so far, I think all of them been an hour. Yeah, <laughs> this one's got a 52. Jesus Christ. I know. Well, thanks for spending 52 minutes of your life with us. You can't get it back. So, hopefully it's useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, bye. See you next see one. You next week. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs>